How you come back? That speaks volumes. And we're gonna have a hell of a football team. Be great on three. One, two, three. Are you with me now? Say how you feel me now. They felt this good in a while. They want us to simmer down. Can you hear me now? Am I going in and out? I stop and just look around. To see if you're with me now. Tell me how you're with me now. Ready to put it down. Started the fight, I'm already forgotten, but they won't forget me now. You really ain't ready now. You hated to send a crowd. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother! You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Coming at you today for episode 66. And for the Buccaneers, week two is in the rearview mirror as they go into Carolina. And they win 20-14 against a team that nobody, including myself, thought that we could beat. The Bucks' defense kicked the crutch from under Carolina. And that's Christian McCaffrey. And in turn, they exposed Cam Newton for exactly what he is. An unhealthy, washed-up quarterback. But welcome back to the show. If you're new around here, I am your host, Rhett. Joined alongside me, as always, my good buddy and co-host, Mr. Bucks Football, Evan. And Evan, how are you doing today, my man? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Doing good. Doing much better than last week. Last week, of course, we know the Bucks dropped a pretty embarrassing game to the 49ers. Uh, two pick sixes basically sealed the deal. This week, you almost felt like the Bucks couldn't rebound because it's a short week. And, I mean, these guys, especially under any previous head coach, have never been the best at bouncing back yeah. from a bad loss. Um, they proved everybody wrong on Thursday night. Again, 20 to 14 on the road they beat the Panthers. Man, that felt good. I I'm I'm still getting over it, dude. Yeah, I mean, it was, I, it surprised me. I'm not I'm not going to lie. Um it, yeah. It it did. It it surprised me. It really did. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and we can look at probably the most dominant Part of this team so far has been the defense, a, a much improved unit, and the best that they've Which, looked in years. Which, of course, everyone, everyone predicted that. But Yeah. I mean, we knew that transitioning into this 3-4 hybrid defense, whatever they want to call it, but we knew that transitioning schemes and bringing in a guy like Todd Bowles, who right now deserves all the credit in the world, we knew they were going to be good. But I didn't know they were going to be this good. Especially when you're missing guys like JPP. Devin White went down early in the game. 
you're missing a lot of key players out there, some starters that were question marks, and this team is just showing that they can produce. And everybody on this defense right now, they are put in positions to succeed, and they're being played to their strengths because a lot of guys have looked good. Yeah, I mean, I I think one of the biggest guys has been um, Will Golson. I mean, he's been good, like, um, and I remember, like I said, I remember that in the offseason when I said, you know, like he's always been a better fit for a 3-4 defense. And I think now you're you're finally starting to see that. Yeah. I mean, dude, Warren Sapp <clears throat> said he would give up everything he has to play in a Todd Bowles defense. And uh, we saw exactly why on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. The Bucks did everything they needed to do on defense. Literally everything that we said <clears throat> needed to be done was done. Yeah. They stopped Christian McCaffrey. They pressured Cam Newton, and they bend but don't break. We saw that on display on the last drive of the game where the Buccaneers stopped a crucial, I think it was fourth and two. Fourth and one. Fourth and one. They stopped three fourth and ones. And that's something that this defense has done particularly well this year um, Mm -hmm. is stop the short gains. They've stopped so many third and ones, third and twos, third and threes. And I think the biggest thing that we can equate that to of course, are your big guys in the middle. You're in Damakasu, you're Vita Vea, you're Will Golston, who has looked good. That initial push of the line of that front seven, dude, they're beating just about everybody when it comes to that first push. You know what I mean? They're yeah, exactly. getting the advantage, and they're putting weight on top, and, and that's going to help you plug up the run holes and make some stops just like that in a crucial game moment. But, uh, yeah, dude. There's so much good to say. Now, there is some bad stuff still. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't a perfect win, but we'll get into that stuff a little bit later. Just some things that need to be cleaned up. But yes, Christian McCaffrey got stopped. They did just that. 37 yards on 16 carries for him. They kept the Panthers out of the end zone on the final play of the game. And they overcame a 27-minute weather delay. To give Bruce Arians a twenty to fourteen win, his first win as the Bucks head coach. That weather delay, mm-hmm. right before that, I think they had a pretty good stop defensively. Yeah, it was the it was the fourth and one. And going into the weather delay, I'm like, all right, there goes all of our momentum. Like they're gonna come back out, they're gonna look lost, they're gonna look confused. I don't know what it is, but I just felt like it was something coming. It was an anxiety that built up <clears throat> in my stomach. And uh, again. I can't say it enough. They proved us wrong, and I'm so glad they did. I, I can't get over it, dude. Victory Friday. Bucks win. What else do you have to say? Show's over. That's it. That's it for episode 66. Bucks win. On to the next one. <laughs> yeah, see you guys. Um, yeah, but, you know, just like we were, we were talking before the show, like, there were, I'm sure, a lot of other people that even watched the game, right? I'm, I'm sure even, you know, but like Jason Light even thought, like, there were some times in this game where you were like, "All right, that might be it," and and yeah. not not in a good way. Um, when when Carolina got the safety, that was a big momentum shift. Um, when Matt Gay missed the field goal, you were you were sort of thinking you're like, "That might be the dagger right yeah. there," because then Carolina had all momentum, especially after that safety. I mean, they got the two points, then they have good field position. Um, and it just it wasn't a recipe for success, but somehow they made it work. Yeah. And um, just like you said, you know everything that 
we basically pointed out that they needed to do. They they did pretty much. Um, I mean, the only thing that I think they could have improved a little bit more was uh, Greg Olson. He had over 100 yards receiving. But, Dude, I don't know how um, you can't cover the slowest guy on the field at any given time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's not athletic at all, and he's just, I mean, he's good. I'm not saying he's not good, but, um, yeah, he's just, he's like 35 years old, and you just can't, I don't know. Um, I, I really don't know. A lot of it was zone coverage. Like, when they were playing man, Greg Olson really wasn't getting targeted a whole lot, um, but they really, like, on two plays, Olson really killed him down the seam, um, and... Newton was just able to able to put the ball where it needed to be uh, yeah. to Greg Olson. I mean that that was that was working. You know that was Definitely. the one thing on the Panthers' offense that was uh, working pretty well. Um, so fortunately, the Bucks were able to contain that enough. And obviously, yeah, the biggest thing is Christian McCaffrey because, like I said, he's such a weapon, and it, it's tough to stop this guy. It really is. In the you know two games last season, Bucks lost the first one, won the second one. Christian McCaffrey had 150 yards plus in both games. And, you know, that's the night and day, I think, of this defense. And, I mean, it's it's impressive to stop him in the run game. But to me, it's almost more impressive to stop him in the pass game because he is such a weapon. Oh, yeah. And when you get him out in space, he can do a whole lot. And I believe he only had one. I, he might, he, I think he had more than one catch, but he only had one catch over the first down. That was like the last um, drive was, of the game when they started yeah, moving. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, and right there, just like you said, the bend don't break, and right there, that was perfect. Uh, you know, yeah, a perfect play by Vernon Hargraves. I uh, can't say it enough how good uh, Vernon Hargraves has has been recently, and um, it's just that was just a film study, man. It's yeah, just, he he saw what they were doing, and Panthers expecting to do one thing. He said, "No, not today." Yeah, VH three is really starting to play like a first round corner, and that's exactly what you want to see, especially a guy who is in such a crucial year. <laughs> But going back mm-hmm. to this Bucks defensive unit, let's go over a few more things they did. Uh, the Bucks also forced three fumbles, and Damakasu recovered one of them. But I've got on my did notes they, here, they, and I they said, forced three fumbles. One I think was the muffed punt that uh, bounced okay, into well, the hands of the other well, Carolina player. Well, Ray 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 McLeod had two muffed punts. Okay, so, maybe maybe and, those and, are the other. And two. Carolina got both of them. Yeah, yeah. I know they recovered one, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with all yeah. of that being said, Indomitian Sue had the recovery. Sue is doing such a good job of fitting into this Buccaneers defense um, because really he was brought here to make the guys around him jobs easier, and that's exactly what he's doing. Going back to what I said, you know, one of the biggest takeaways from this team is that one, they can stop the run, but two, they can stop you on third and short yardage situations, something that I didn't think I'd ever see this defense be able to do. Um, And that's just because of the push, the big bodies in there, the way that he's able to stuff a hole helps out Vita Vea, helps out guys next to him like Will Golston. And honestly, last night we saw the Bucks blitz every now and again. But when they were sending a bunch of guys to the line, you know who ended up going unblocked and whipping Cam Newton's ass? Uh, I mean, that's number 58, Shaq Barrett. How could you forget? Three sacks for him. He had a monster game, dude. Four for the year. 60. I think I I think it's Daryl Williams, 60 on the Panthers. He couldn't hang with them. They didn't get Um, him any help. I'm surprised they didn't get him any help sooner. He could not hang with him whatsoever. That was actually a little fun fact. The first time that a, a Buccaneers player um, has gotten uh, three sacks and a quarter since Jaquiz Smith did it uh, back in, I believe, week two of 2015, Winston's rookie season. 
uh, versus the Saints. Yep, and the Buccaneers won that game. So uh, it's been a little bit since somebody had three sacks in one quarter, but, I mean, that's tough to do. So, yeah. Um, a lot of players only get three sacks in a game, let alone three sacks in a quarter. And I believe it was like three sacks in a span of seven minutes. So He had, he had um, two in a row for his yep. second and third. Yep. And, and, I yep, mean, it was a, it was a yeah, it was it almost put him out of field goal range, and then yeah. that was I think that was the kick that pre- went off the upright and in, which of course that's that's the way things go. But um, yeah, I mean, Shay, yeah, Shaq Barrett, I don't know what the Panthers were thinking by not double teaming at least once or twice, but it seemed like he was almost on a one-on-one matchup almost right? every time. Right? I mean, that was insane. Like you said, he was beating that tackle like a drum. It was <clears throat> sad, but a great game. And it makes you feel good about the quarterback pressure because that's what we talked about last week was, you know, they're kind of getting there, but you're really not pressuring the quarterback as much as mm-hmm. you like. They were doing a great job against Carolina. And Well, I saw uh, – sorry to interrupt, but – No, you're good. Uh, Greg Allman, I, I believe he put out – Greg Allman from The Athletic had, had put out um, a stat. Let me see if I can find it here really fast. Um, it was pretty extraordinary. Uh, uh, let's see. Yeah, I don't believe I can find it. Anyways, um, it was like Todd. It was like the Bucks blitzed Cam Newton twenty eight times or something, and like it was like obviously they're not sending a house every time, but like yep. one more extra guy that that counts as a blitz, um, and. It said like that was the most he's faced since like 2013 or something. Um, really? Let me see. Yeah, it was something. Like, it was something crazy. Like, like faced that. against the can... box or faced against any no, team? No, like like 2013, like any team. Like that was that was the most he's no like Newton's way. Been blitzed since um, since then. Uh, let's see. That's so weird, man. Mm-hmm. I've got a hard time believing that. Yeah, I, I don't know. But, but I mean, that's there was a lot of. There's a lot of blitzes there. Yeah. So that's um, that Todd Bowles downhill defense, man, and and you love to see it because not only Todd Bowles, but just this entire coaching staff and what we've seen, the way that they've handled their players so far, they're putting guys in position to succeed. And a name that you brought mm-hmm. up earlier, Vernon Hargraves the third, he has looked great. He did mm-hmm. get beat once pretty bad last yeah. night. Um He's so good in press coverage, and he's really coming into his own because he's great at breaking up passes, much better than mm-hmm. he seemed to be before because he, he just always seemed to get lost he's and more like separated. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's really coming to that identity of a, fez- a physical press corner. And like we said, he's playing like a first-rounder, so you hope he can keep it up and stay healthy, but a good game for him. Now, I, I did uh, – there, there, there's two things. One here is one final note from me on the defense, and then another is a segue. Um, gonna say for one, this defense. I'm not going to say that this is like the Super Bowl defense because it's not right. Like it's just not. Um, the defense is trust me, it's gonna have its struggles at times this year. It's just not. You know, this isn't a dominant group. Um, they've had a good stretch right now, but um, I mean, I don't think they're gonna be god awful. But there's gonna be some games like the Rams game, the Saints game. That's gonna be really tough. Like it, it, it is. Um, but that play on the on the two yard line there on the fourth and one, that's the type of play that a that the two thousand two defense would have made, and that's the type of play that any championship defense would would make. Yeah. Um, 
if, with the game on the line and they're running that play, that's the type of play you make. When, when, you, when you try to win a championship, that that is the type of defense that you need. And that's the type of defense that's expected, man. When the game's on the line, like, if the Panthers scored there, I really wasn't too confident in the Buccaneers being able to drive down a kick because they they struggled to, you know, I mean, I know they had a drive before them where they really went down the field, but that was it pretty much. Like, they struggled to really go down the field. Like, a lot of it was just a good field position. Some penalties were on the Panthers, um, and they just really struggled to, to drive down the field. So. Yeah. If Carolina would have scored that touchdown to go up, I, I really I'm not sure how confident I am. And, and and that's a defense, you know, that that's the type of play. That's what I just what I'm saying. Like absolutely a championship defense. I'm not saying the Bucks defense is a championship defense because it's not. No, but, but it's a, a it's championship, a championship mentality. That that's a championship type play right there. When when you make a play like that to win the game, that that's it right there. Yeah, and that's something that hasn't happened in probably at least five years, maybe yeah. six years. There was a few times under Greg Schiano because the Greg Schiano defenses were pretty good. Um, it's just that the offenses just sucked. Um, there was a few times under Schiano where they did perform well, but that that was and I mean, but overall defensive performance that was probably one of the best performances. Um, oh yeah. Now my segue here is. Let's talk about the other side of the ball. Let's, oh, yeah. Let's, let's talk about um, that, that guy playing quarterback. Um, let's do who it. Who honestly started off slow. He, he did. Um, the whole, I mean, both offenses kind of started off slow, but uh, he was able to pick it up. And I, I thought Jameis Winston, I, I thought he played well. It, he didn't play great, but, I, I, you know, you don't need him to play great, okay? You need him to take care of the football and make smart decisions, and that's exactly what he did. And let's talk about Jameis Winston. I, I like the way you think. I'll throw a stat line at you, and then we'll break it down. Jameis Winston for the night, 16 for 25, 208 yards with a touchdown, zero interceptions, zero Fishing. fumbles. Let's look at Cam Newton really quickly, just to kind of throw it out there. 25 for 51, 333 yards, zero touchdowns, and zero interceptions. He did throw an interception. It just didn't count because of a penalty. Yeah. And that's where the Bucks kind of shoot themselves in the foot. And, 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 and Newton. Cam Newton also had a fumble loss, so he did have a fumble loss, and we'll we'll talk about, like I said, we'll talk about the bad towards the end of the show. But right now, let's talk about Jameis Winston because one of the things you said, I totally agree with. Uh, Jameis out of the gate looked a little scared, anxious to kind of make that next bad throw. Luckily, he didn't, and ultimately led the Bucks to a win. He had a time where he looked scared to scramble, and I think you know mm. the play that I'm talking about. I want to say it was a third down. I mean, he had, God, eight to ten seconds in the pocket to just look around and look around and look around. And people were saying Evans and Godwin were wide open. I didn't see it. Should have been the camera angle. I don't know. I'm not going to argue about it. But he looked like he did not want to scramble. He kept pump faking, holding on to the football, and he took the sack. Do you think that he's still being coached to not scramble? We saw him use his legs and pick up a first down later mm -hmm. on in the night, but mm -hmm. we don't see it as naturally as we used to with him. Do you think that's something the coaches are trying to get him away from? I do. Um, I, I think that, yeah, right now he's being told to look for that pass, and if it's the pass ain't there, keep looking. If, if the pass ain't there then, 
keep looking. Yeah. Um, like like right now, that's just what it is, and I, I'm not sure why. Maybe maybe they are scared that hey, you know, they don't want this guy getting injured. But I mean, he's proven in the past he's durable, and he's I mean he's proven in the past that he can he can run. Like he's like I mean he's obviously not Michael Vick, but no, but he's so good um, at getting away from people. Especially yeah, for his I mean, size, yeah, I mean, yeah. he's a, he's a bigger guy. I mean, he he moves pretty well. Like, yeah. like him and Big Ben are close in size. Big Ben probably doesn't move like like James Winston. Um, Big Ben's probably a little bit slower than Ben Winston. Uh, but yeah, right now I I have to believe that because unless in the past and you know if he was a rookie doing that, like not taking, and honestly, he didn't really take off much his rookie season, but as the season progressed, he started to more, especially last season. Uh, last season, he led the Buccaneers in, in rushing or something <laughs> like that. Um, and I'm not, I don't think he led them. There was a few games, though, where he led them. Yeah. Um, there was like one or two games where he was the, the leading rusher for the Bucs. Um, but then I would say, okay, yeah, that's just James not wanting to do it. But now, since he He's shown he can do it, and he's not right now. When there were some holes there, um, I, I, I definitely think right now he's being coached to to not run. And I'm not sure why that is, but I would assume it's just they don't want to risk him getting injured. Um, but you know, hey, take what's there, right? And like you said, later yeah. in the game, there was a wide open hole, and I'm sure and if he didn't take that, Bruce Arians wouldn't have been too happy they didn't take it because I mean there was a wide open lane right to the out of bounds, right? So when it's there, you got to take that. So yeah, in uh, another yeah, I mean, but but overall, just a really really efficient night from Winston. And, and one more point I wanted to point out here: he looked hesitant to to force the ball because he didn't want to make a mistake. That that that's that's the biggest thing I took away from the first quarter was that like once he got like after that touchdown pass to Godwin, he really I probably after that catch. As that long ball to Evans, he, he kind of he settled in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at first he looked like he just did not want to throw the ball because he was just scared <laughs> it was going to get picked. God, poor guy. He knew that rain delay was coming. He was going to be on Twitter, and people were going to be freaking the hell out. But <laughs> one more thing about Jameis, you would kind of briefly mentioned it, um, and I'll say it again. We'll reiterate the point, but. The way this defense is playing and the way things are producing around him, Jameis does not need to throw three to four touchdowns a game. Um, he, no. he doesn't need to be the quarterback that we've seen in the past, and it's great that he is. It's great that he has that ability, but right now his main focus is just keeping his job. And listen, it, it, all you have to do to keep your job, if you're Jameis Winston, I believe, mm. all you've got to do is manage games and not turn the ball over. The offense wasn't clicking as much as some of us are used to, but progress was made this week. And yeah, it looked a, better. All in all, a solid performance from our QB. So I, I've got no complaints, and I'm still here on the ship. I'm still with Jameis, and uh, I'm excited to see what he can do against New York. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the run game was also good. Um, yeah, Peyton oh, Barber. Yeah. Peyton Barber had had a much better night against Carolina than he did against San Francisco. Um, you know, he, he he did miss a key block there, which led to a sack. He just Dude, completely whiffed. But I, yeah, I don't um, even know. Did he whiff or did he like slip and fall? I I, I feel I he had to have slipped and fall because it looked like a ghost weird. tripped him. Yeah, like it. Yeah, like like like, like the, the the sniper got him. Like, yeah, like you, it, you know the videos I'm talking about. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. The sniper's just there. Like, <laughs> like I should like make that video. Um, that yeah, that is what it looked like. 
Um, yeah, that, that was that was pretty weird. But but back to Winston, like like I agree with what you said. Um, how he keeps his job is simple. Just don't turn the ball over. Just yeah. I mean, you don't have to be the hero. That that's evident because when you're not the hero, you don't. There there will be times when they're going to need a big play from you because you, you're the quarterback, and um, that's what you have to do. There are going to be times, right? Um, there are going to be games that are shootouts, and you need to make a play. That's yeah, of course. But this game, defense is playing well. The I tweeted out, cannot make a mistake. That that's and hey. Guess guess who made a mistake? Cam Newton. Cam oh, Newton yeah. fumbled the ball. Make Cam Newton fumbled the ball. And it, yes, it didn't result in points for the Buccaneers, but the the one turnover was by the Panthers and the Buccaneers zero turnovers. If the Buccaneers continue to play the game with zero turnovers, they're gonna be fine. Yeah. Um because I, I do think this defense is just it's it's shocking uh, how this <laughs> defense is playing. But um yeah, Winston and also another thing. He didn't have to throw the ball 30-plus times, and he didn't last night. No. Uh, like, if you see his stat line, when he throws the ball under 30 times, normally the Bucks win, and normally takes pretty good care of the football. Um, and that also, with an improved run game, that helps. Um, if the run game's non-existent, then obviously he has to throw the ball, you know, 50 times like Cam Newton did. Um and also, we were dead right, like on the Bucks defense. By the way, just to go back to that really fast because they're so good against stopping a run. Um, it's going to be a real test it's with Saquon Barkley here. Oh yeah, because we, well, I, I mean, really not only was... Saquon Barkley, but we've got so many impressive running backs on the lineup over the schedule the next few yeah. weeks. We yeah. play Christian McCaffrey again in a few weeks. I think after Todd the Gurley. Giants, if I remember, yeah, you've got Todd Gurley on that roster as well. So it's going to be a test. But yeah, so you got you got Saquon Barkley week three. Agarly week four, Alvin Kamara week five, uh, Christian McCaffrey week six. Then week seven you have the bye. Then week eight you got Derrick Henry. Um, dude, I mean he's just a bruiser, man. Yeah, dude, he's uh, a big physical guy. Yeah. Then week ten you got David Johnson, who it looks like he's almost back to form. Uh, week eleven, Alvin Kamara. Yeah, it, it just it doesn't really stop, and yeah. you know they're gonna have to be continue. They're gonna continue to be stout against the run, but obviously back to the offense really fast. Jameis Winston. Keep being efficient, man. Like, keep being efficient. I won't have to come on here and completely rip you, rip yeah. you a new one, um, <laughs> because you know, just don't make dumb mistakes. He did get away with one because he. It seemed like he was sort of feeling the pass rush, and he threw the ball to Rashawn Perryman, and it was almost picked by Luke Keekley. He dropped it. That one um, was it, bad. That was one it, of the most like, like, sphincter clitching dropped interceptions I've ever seen because yeah. Keekley had well, it until he landed on his back. Yeah, well it was it was weird because it it did seem like like the Panthers pass rush was getting there and it seemed like he sort of felt that um and adjusted his throw that way. And yeah, just if it was a little bit higher it's probably a catch. Um but, you know, uh hey, good news is that Luke Keekley drops it. Sometimes you you gotta have luck. <laughs> You know, yeah, but luck, it's a part of the game. And, yeah, really. Uh, I mean, the Bucks, the Bucks defense even got lucky, so got to have luck. Definitely. So, Jameis Winston, good game from him. Really hope he can continue it. And, uh, yeah, he doesn't need to be a superstar. We don't need him to right now. We just got to keep winning games. But I got a few more bullet points on the offense we can go over, and then we'll if, start if talking about. If they keep winning games, nobody's going to care. Exactly. Nobody's going to care how you play 
if if you win games, man. Like you win games, you'll see the criticism go away. That's yeah. all I gotta say. So a few more things on the offense, and then we'll kind of get into some of the ugly things that we saw on Thursday night football. First things first, you had mentioned him briefly. Peyton Barber pounded the rock. And frankly, don't take this the wrong way, but frankly, I'm happy Rojo didn't have to relieve him much. I don't say that because I don't want to see Rojo on the field, but instead of comparing who's better, we have to look at what we have and what's in front of us, and we have to take it for what it is. We have two running backs who can produce, and that's not a bad problem to have. The stat line for Peyton Barber, 23 attempts, 82 yards, and a touchdown. He had a nice, yard, uh, he had a nice touchdown from 15 yards out that really set the tone and helped the Bucks get ahead. But yeah, man, he had a great job. Or uh, he had a great game and did a great job against Carolina. Yeah, I mean, but honestly, it's kind of disappointing. See, you know, kind of want to see more Rojo, not going to lie. Yeah, but um, we got two good backs. I mean, he, 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 yeah, I know, but he he had that he had that one really nice run. Um, you saw very little of Dare in the game. Yeah, uh, special teams he did fine. Special teams he actually blocked his guy this time. So um, special teams he was fine. Um, but yeah, would have liked to see a little more Ronald Jones. I, I feel like um, feel like there was a there was a few times there. Excuse me when. Um, Peyton was sort of run a bit too much, and I feel like Ronald Jones, who's a much faster running back, would have been a nice uh, change of pace there. But yeah, um, th- there were a well. few I mean, holes that it opened well, so. up for Barber that Rojo easily could have like just burst through because, like you said, he's so much faster. So yeah, I kind of see things develop for Rojo. He can take his time a little bit because once that hole finally does open up, he's gone. But yeah, there were a few of those instances. But either way, these guys can produce. Yeah, I mean, like I said, there won't be too much complaint just because Barber was good. But yeah, um, I mean, and Rob Jones, like I said, he had that one really nice run where sort of broke a few tackles and uh, was able to get the first down. So, uh, but Barber also, yeah, he just he just kept chugging, man. Yeah. Barber Barber just kept chugging, and that that's the type of game it was. It was a type of game where you just got to keep chugging. And let's look at some of the strengths, some more strengths of this offense here. You know, we've got some running backs that can produce very well. Uh, but we've also got an offensive line that can do pretty well run blocking. <laughs> like, they look pretty yeah. good downhill, opening up lanes for guys and just making that separation so they can get through. They looked pretty good, and I think that's the strongest point of their game right now, uh, especially the offensive line, is the run blocking. A couple more things on the offense as well. We'll kind of shift to the receiver position. Mike Evans was kind of scarce, but Chris Godwin showed up. And he showed some true number one receiver penalty uh, potential. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. True number one receiver potential. He had a huge game. His stat line, eight catches, 121 yards with a touchdown. I mean, Chris Godwin did everything we needed him to do and, and more because, again, that's a number one receiver stat line right there, and he had a great yeah. night. <clears throat> he got me 26 points on fantasy, so that's God, that's that. great, dude. Um, <laughs> he's, yeah, and... Uh, the Buccaneers offense has scored what three touchdowns? Yeah, yeah, yeah. three touchdowns, and Chris Godwin scored two of them. So, um, yeah, he's he's good. He, he's just good. <laughs> uh, Mike Evans still seems like he's kind of being affected a little bit from that illness. Um, had that yeah. one, you know, he had he had a few nice catches. Like it, this game was much better than San Francisco. Um, but they were but, pulling him off the field a little more. Like he he wasn't out there every single down. 
No, no, and, and you know, I think I think versus the Giants, you'll see that a lot more. I think you'll see a lot more of them because now they have a ten day bye bye week basically. Yeah, um, they get they get rest. You know, like tomorrow, like today, they're, they're obviously they're in there probably watching a little bit of film, but then on probably Saturday and Sunday they'll probably get off and then back to work Monday. So it's a nice little rest for them, especially for a guy like Devin White, um, who has believed to be an ankle sprain. Uh, Ian Rapport said that even if he misses games, which it doesn't sound like he if if he misses a game, any games it might be one or two maybe at the most. Um, but it, 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 I think he's gonna be fine. I don't think he's gonna miss any time. It, you, uh, you've got that extra time off, and and like you yeah, said, Devin White with the injury update, it, he's he's kind of day by day is what BA had said. They didn't throw I mean, him back in the game because they didn't want to risk him getting hurt anymore. So I mean, I think he's in okay shape. I think he'll be ready for yeah. New York. Well, and you know. That's that's the beauty of having a Thursday night game. That's like yeah, it sucks you have a short week, but also then you got a nice little break. Yeah. Uh, but it's only really nice if you win. And uh, right now the Panthers probably aren't feeling that great about about having did you uh, that ten day break. But did you see that clip from Cam Newton's post game press conference where he's dressed up like everyone's grandma and he's like, I need to take a look in the mirror. He's a yeah, he's a clown. <laughs> Oh, I love it, dude. He's finally going to take a look in the mirror. He's just got to take off that he, scarf. Dude, first. I'm I'm saying like he was he was like he's was a decent quarterback. He's shot now. Like I, I think it's his shoulder, his shoulder, and like his whole body is just shot. Because he looked he looked pretty noodle arm last night. The same Cam Newton yeah. that we saw, you know, win a Heisman and and up in the running for MVP. It's just not. He the won same. MVP, it, right? Hey, it's just, he went it's to the just Super Bowl not, and just and yeah, didn't I dive on the fumble. And ever since he didn't dive on the fumble, it's just been downhill <laughs> that for was him. It. But that was it. Um, one more thing. We, one thing. Sorry. Go one ahead. thing I want. No, one more thing I want to say about like Newton was like I feel like he like for one he should have never came back last year. Like that was like a big thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, he just. He's shot right now, and and apparently I saw a st- I saw a quote. Uh, I'm not sure. It's, I believe it's from a Panthers reporter, but he said like talking to other Panthers reporters about what's going on with Cam Newton, and like the quote was like he he looks broken or something. And yeah, he definitely could be. I mean, um, one more thing I want to point out is probably the biggest sign of maybe he's not okay. You have three fourth and ones, and Cam Newton's one of the biggest quarterbacks in the league. Why are you not what? quarterback sneaking it? Right, like, like why is that get, get obviously? Why is that obviously like, not just him falling forward? Yeah, I, I, I don't. Especially on that last one, man. Like, man, I don't understand that. I thought and by the way, he did. He did an awful job of selling that. That was so obvious that he was not checking off, and he was just going to go. And McCaffrey was going to get the snap. But when whatever. I saw when I saw him line up in the slot. I was like, are they really going to run the Philly special on fourth and one? Because it started with that weird double reverse, and then McCaffrey got it to the outside. VH3 made the tackle. But, yeah, that that was a weird play, and and Cam just – Cam doesn't look like Cam. Um, But, you know, I don't want to say I wish him the best because they're a division rival, but it sucks to see if you're a Carolina Panthers fan. One more thing about this offense, and then we'll talk about some of the bad that happened in this game. I guess we'll start right here. Rashad Perryman has got terrible hands. He had a few key drops. One of them was in the red zone. One of them was in the end zone. <laughs> you cannot have that at all. 
especially if you want to start. And, I mean, you know, people talk about Jameis all the time. Jameis didn't have a super productive game, but the throws that he had, he put in the bread basket pretty much every time. Mm. And, ah, man, Brashad Perryman really just showing those tendencies that we had worried about. So I look at the way he's performing, and I'm kind of starting to question why they aren't playing someone like, I don't know, Justin Watson. Yeah, I mean, well, you carry so rides. much receiver talent into the season. Yeah, well, Justin Watson kind of disappointed him in the preseason, um, and right now they feel like he's more valuable in special teams. Yeah, the the first catch I'll sort of give Perryman a break on. It was a little bit high, but I mean, he's still it's the catchable ball. But the 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 one in the end zone, yeah, you got to catch that. I understand that the defender was kind of there, and at first, like when they first the play first happened, I thought the defender like deflected it. And then it went through Perryman's hands, and that would no, have been dude, okay. he just like, didn't clamp it. Yeah, I, I, I know. Like, but that, and that that would have been okay. Like, that's excusable to me. Like, like if if a def, if a defender deflects it when you're going down, you put your hands up and don't catch it. Okay, that's a freaking difficult catch. Yeah. Um. But yeah, if if he didn't deflect it, as as it looked on a replay that he did not. Um, you gotta catch that football, and, and it was a beautiful pass, and it would have been a touchdown. Would have put the game away, and. Instead, you know, Mackay missed the kick, and that could have, and right there, just like we said, like that felt like, all right, that's it. Like he dropped a touchdown, missed the kick, get no points out of that, and that, that's that. Yeah. Uh, and then it felt like it was just all going to go downhill from there, but hey, Todd Bowles, man, Todd Bowles. Hey, this team did what it needed to do when it mattered, and, you know, we can break down and talk about what's bad, but the most important part is that they came away with a win. Bucker <clears throat> one and one. And we're on to New York. So, Rashad Perryman, uh, I, I don't feel comfortable with the guy. He had he had some drops against San Francisco. He had, I think, one or two really nasty drops in the preseason, if I remember correctly. But I don't think he had any against San Francisco. I, I think he had, like, not, not one any, like, that he should have caught. That, like, he, I don't know. I don't know. I, I might have to go back and look at that tape. I don't know. Check that out. But, uh... Let's talk about what else is still ugly on this football team. And I think we're getting away from it. I think a lot of this, I think 99% of this is coaching, and it is going to be fixed. Um, but this team is still so damn undisciplined. Mm-hmm. Throughout the game, I'll say the first half, it was mostly Bucks beating Bucks. You shoot yourself in the foot with a dumb holding call. I think Carlton Davis had that one face mask that was totally avoidable, kind of. Um, but overall, that this was team in is... the second half, yeah. Okay. This team is still undisciplined, and like I said, throughout the game, the calls became less Bucks beating Bucks and more so refs beating Bucks because we saw quite a bit of that on Thursday night. But at the end of the day, this team still has 20 penalties in two weeks. Um, It's not what you like to see, and as we've seen in the past with Tampa Bay, it can ultimately lose you football games. So that's got to get cleaned up. Yeah, I mean, Bucks would have, yeah whole lot more wins in our history if it wasn't for penalties, but yeah. <laughs> um, I can think of probably two right now uh, that was several penalties, but um, yeah, I mean, like you said, Bucks beating Bucks, but also, yeah, in that second half, I thought I had seen the worst officiated game oh my on, God. On, on Sunday versus San Francisco. Here, th- this might have been, I still think that was the worst, but this might have been probably second, that- because my 
that fixed job was pretty blatant. Like that oh, fourth dude, they, quarter they in the wanted, game, they wanted the Panthers to win that game. They oh so wanted the Panthers. Joe Buck and I, Troy I, I Aikman wanted Carolina that. to win. Yeah, like the and NFL. Mike Pereira did too. Mike Irvin. Mike Pereira did too. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. Dude. Oh, Steve Smith obviously did because he's a Panther and he's gonna go with them every time. <laughs> but yeah, my, Mike Pereira when they were um, when they were looking at that pass interference. He yeah, was saying, he, "Oh yeah, this this is obviously this is pass interference." Yeah, it, this, I think it was. I think it was that same call they were looking at, and and I think it was Buck or either Pereira, but one of them's like, "Yeah, you know, you really hope they go with the call here, but if they don't, well, the call is the call." Like, are are you serious? Yeah, I don't know. And <laughs> Come on, dude. When when they moved that ball oh. up like a whole yard. I, I thought that was going to do it. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, that's how this is going to end. That, like, yeah. it's going to it's gonna end because it should have been third and one, and they just give him the first down. And, like, that might have been third down. It might have ended up being fourth and one. I'm not sure. But, yeah, you're just going to give him the first no, it was down. A, come, yeah. And it, that was rough, dude. That, that was that's rough. And, like, and that, they got to they fix it. That's the thing, too, is that you look at that situation. Let's say the referees don't spot the ball freaking two feet ahead of where it landed, but let's say they put it where it was, and that's right behind the line. I want to agree with you and say it would have set up a fourth and one. I think it was a third down they were trying to convert, and they ended up giving it to him anyways. But that's where that defense shines. And I was so confident that if it was going to be a short ball situation, they were going to come up big. They were going to get that front seven push and they I, were going to win the okay. football game right there. But of course. honestly, you're honest. Give me your honest because it's the game's done, right? So yeah, game's done. what do you honestly think was going to happen on that fourth and one? Uh, I thought they were scoring a touchdown. Really? Oh, on on like the on the last one on, on that on that last fourth that one, last four. I, th- I, thought, I thought they were scoring a touchdown. Oh yeah, I totally thought I, I totally thought it was going to be Christian McCaffrey. He'd find a hole pretty much immediately and walk it in, or even like you know a five step drop and a dump route. He would just have nobody blocking him and go into the end zone. So I, I thought they were going to score a touchdown as well. I did not think that one he was going to go out of bounds, but. I thought they were going to rule him the first down, and then it would be first and goal right there. And at that point, you've already got a minute forty-five left on the clock. All they got to do is milk it. And well, I was kind of confident that it wasn't gonna that it was fourth that that they didn't get it because the announcer seemed kind of confident. Like like Joe Buck got like pretty hyped there. Um, like like when like he spotted or whatever, and Troy Aikman agreed with him too. So yeah. there wasn't much arguing from the announcers. I was like, okay, like obviously they reviewed it, but I was like, I think this one's gonna stand, and it's not gonna be. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, turnover on downs, and it, fortunately it, it, it was. So. It, as nerve wracking <laughs> as it was, it was probably the most exciting finish I've seen to a Bucks football game in quite some time. And they've given us a ton of those. They've given us so many last minute finishes, yeah. but this is a game that rode on the defense. Like, it mm-hmm. it wasn't in that situation. What we're used to is Carolina yep. marching downfield with less than a minute and a half left. They score, and then Jameis Winston takes the field with a minute 20 and one timeout. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I was used yep. to, and that's what I was setting myself up for. Luckily, it didn't well, happen. Bucks defense made the play, and uh, Tampa Bay wins the football game. Yeah, but let me let me put out one more negative out there, um, and also a little side note: Matt Gay missing a kick is not that big of a deal. No, um, dude. If if you thought he was making every single kick this year, you're delusional. Um, 
But, I mean, he should he have made it? Yes, because it is a makeable kick. It is definitely a makeable kick. And it would have iced the game. But um, just because he missed it, you know, I'll be much worried if next week he goes out and shanks another one. Then it's time for concern. But right now, just pump the brakes on that. Um, one negative is um, O.J. Howard again. It, you know, he didn't yeah. have, obviously, that bad of a game. He didn't really have a, maybe not a, a, a bad game. But it was just, I mean, he had a, a false start penalty. Um, and then he like, had a pretty, he, kinda, he, he had a, he had an offensive pass interference penalty. And I, I don't know. He, he might not even had a catch. Like, I'm not sure. Uh, he had a pretty terrible block at one moment in the game and it was a pretty happy. Yeah, I, I do block. remember that. I think it was, it was on, uh, Brian Burns. That yeah. Burns Brian Burns sack. got the sack and OJ just kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, half-assed pushed him and it, it didn't get anything going. But, mm-hmm. uh, I said this last night, we were doing the live post game with box report, by the way. If any of you guys are looking for a place to watch the Buccaneers road games, Bucks Report is going to be out at Ferg's St. Pete off of Central Avenue. They're going to be doing watch parties for all of those games, live, halftime, pregame, and postgame show. I'll be out there as well for those. So make sure you come out. It's going to be a great time. Check it out. But, yes, I said this last night. OJ just looks lost these first two games, and I don't want to – equate it to like the scheme because we had said coming into it that Bruce Arians doesn't really utilize his tight ends like a lot of people are used to here in Tampa but yeah but Howard was on the field a good bit Howard was on the field a good bit and it it, it almost looks like it's an OJ Howard thing more than it is like a scheme thing because I don't know man he does look lost and I'm I'm starting to be worried Uh, I think he'll be fine I think uh, I think once he starts catching a few balls, a few balls are going to come his way. I, I think he's just maybe it's fine. a he's got a maybe it's a ahead. confidence thing. I, I do think it's a little bit of confidence because I mean, when you have a, he's not used to having a game like he did last week. Like that was bad. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I think you know we you know he's killed the Giants in the past. It'd be a perfect game to do it right here. So yeah, it would. We'll see. And also. Uh, one of the last notes I sort of wanted to put out there, and then we can just go off of whatever. Um, you know, obviously you would have had a lot of pressure uh, to beat the Giants. You would have had to beat the Giants if you lost to the Panthers. Now you got to beat the Giants. Like, yeah, you still have to beat the Giants. <laughs> it, you have to be two and one. Like, yeah, you gotta it, be. it's one of those situations we had looked at. Even if the Bucks lost on Thursday night, they're 0-2 going into this game at home. It's just not a game that you can afford to lose, especially if you want to no. keep up your momentum and you want to be a team yeah, that people now, take yeah, seriously. A chance to go over 500. chance to go over 500 at home it, versus a bad football team after a, a great win. You got to beat them. Like, yeah, and yeah. I, you know, I, I do think the defense is going to have some trouble with with Sterling Shepard. Uh, Sterling Shepard. I was thinking about him because he just, <laughs> uh, he just popped up. Um, with with Saquon Barkley, um, because I mean he's just he's a special talent. But um, it, you got to beat them. That's yeah. that's the only person you have to worry about. They have a few decent players on defense. Um, but yeah, you have to beat them. And honestly, if you're a good football team, you beat them pretty handedly. Like you, you beat them by 10 plus. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. yeah, like you, you beat them like, like 30, like, like 31, 14 or something like that. Basically, I'm not saying I'm predicting that score, but 
that's the way you beat them. And and you don't put yourself in a situation like we saw against Carolina where, you know, it does come down to the wire because we yeah, there's no there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The Giants are not that good of a football team. Um Yeah. Carolina is like much it, better than the, the New York yeah. Giants. And it's not a Carolina team that we're used to facing because, let's be honest, they're not as great of a unit as they were at one time, like when Cam Newton was slinging them. And right now they're in a bit of a recession period, but Christian McCaffrey is still probably the best dual threat running back in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes me feel good about what the Bucks were able to do, and they beat a good football team. Hopefully they can go home next week. And uh, beat and a not beat so a bad good football team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because after that, I mean, I don't see how you can, yeah, you can lose that Giants team and say, okay, we're one and two. But you know, all right, great week four, you're yeah. in LA yeah. facing the Rams. That's that's not a favorable game. Yeah. Week five, you're in New Orleans versus the Saints. That's not a favorable game. Week six, you're in London, which you haven't played well in London versus the Panthers, a division game. Honestly. I don't know how much favorable that is either right now because I had the Bucks splitting with every division opponent, and yeah. I had them losing against Carolina week two. And if they, you know, they won week two, they have to lose week six. So and, and it's, uh, it's I just funny. don't see how you can rely if you lose that Giants game. How you can say, "Oh, we'll be fine" because it, you have to win. And it's funny too because you and I had both predicted this Bucks team to be one and one right here at the break, and yeah. I mean they are. But if somebody yeah. had said, you know, the Bucks are going to be 1-1 one one headed into the Giants game, I'd be like, yeah, totally. They won the opener against San Fran. They dropped the game in Carolina. Totally. And uh, that's not the case. So huh? what that tells me is that our predictions might be way off because this is a football team. Or, or maybe they're on, but it's just maybe they're a on, but like game. The ge- right. Like they're going to win some games maybe, that maybe I don't like, expect them to maybe win. Maybe like they're still 3-3. They're still three and three. They're still like three and three at the bye week, but they have wins against the Rams and Saints and losses against the Giants and Panthers. Right, right, yeah. I, I don't know. Like maybe, man. maybe, maybe it's the same exact record that like I predicted seven and nine, but it's just completely different wins. And, that, like, that's like, exactly okay. what I'm saying. Maybe this is a team that'll beat everyone good and then lose to all the games that they shouldn't. But at the end of the day, looking ahead. We talk about this Giants game and say, yeah, they should win, but you can't overlook an opponent, especially in the NFL, because something that we say here a lot yeah. on the show, especially last year, any given Sunday. So let's hope the Bucks could continue their winning ways and take out the Giants next week. But I got some announcements for you guys before we wrap up the show. First and foremost, the Cannon Fire podcast has won Best Local Podcast for Creative Loafing's Best of the Bay 2019. And that is all thanks to each and every one of you who listened to the show, support us, and voted on the polls. That is huge. That is awesome. And it's the first major award that this podcast has won. And we are so honored and so excited about this. It really just sets the tone for what's going to be a great year. So thank you so much to each and every person who supported us while we campaigned it and we annoyingly yep. shoved it down your throats. All of that paid off, yep. and we are winners. Yeah, September thank, 25th. Thank you, guys. Really, really appreciate it. Absolutely. September 25th is the party for Best of the Bay. Uh, we'll be accepting that award there. Um, I, I mean, I don't know anyone who listens, but if you happen to be at the Best of the Bay party, make sure you come out and say hello. I will be there with my lovely girlfriend, Bree. So, another announcement. 
Monday coming up, since there is no Bucks game on Sunday, we talked about the Bucks game today, we're going to mix it up a little bit. We're going to take a page out of our friends over at Pewter Reports book. We're going to do maybe a mailbag Monday type show where we take your questions and answer anything and everything you want to know about the Bucks, this show, our personal lives, whatever it is, just don't get creepy. So yeah. Monday, look forward to that. That'll we'll be our last... It. Yeah. Anything as long as it's not creepy. Um, that'll be our last special edition show before we really get on our regular schedule. But again, shows every uh, beginning of the week, right after the game, and then later on in the week. And then, of course, you've got the weekly Bucks break. Those will be dropping every Tuesday. So one more show, and then we are on our regular schedule for the week. Next Friday, or next Thursday, really depends. We will be previewing the Giants game, and then that Monday, we'll talk to you about the game. So, with all of that being said, that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you so much for listening if you were on any of our podcast outlets or if you watch with video over at YouTube or BucksReport.com. Make sure you follow the show on social media. We are on Twitter at Cannon Fire Pod, and we are on Instagram at Cannon Fire Podcast, as well as Facebook, of course, Cannon Fire Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus. You can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram and Twitter at BucksWave. Also, shout out to our sponsors, the East Bay Buccaneers, Tampa Bay Youth Football at its finest. This is a great program, especially if you're looking for something your kids can do in the fall. And uh, they really are an elite football team for all ages. They've got cheerleading as well. I think they're still looking for cheer coaches, so if you're interested in that, make sure you go check it out. But all the info you could ever need is over at EastBayBucks.org. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I still can't believe I'm saying this, but the Bucks won, and we're looking to do it again next week. Bucks have a long break. We'll talk to you guys on Monday. I am Rhett, signing off for Evan, and we'll catch you next time. Go Bucks! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.